Once again, the doc is in. Dr. Grant Garcia is here today, our orthopedic surgeon and sports medicine specialist. Check him out at grantgarciamd.com, orthopedic specialist of seattle.com. All your information is there, um, and including all of our shows, which is great. It's a great way to kind of listen to all the shows, all the topics uh, where we've covered a lot of things. Dr. Garcia, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to today's topic. Uh, I think skateboarding is going to be an interesting one. And, and it's a great show because we're getting ready for the Olympics, right? And so 2021 Olympics, everyone is really excited that, you know, we're, we're at this point. If you're, in a, if you're a fan of sports, if you're a fan of just that Olympic moment, that shining moment where we see some of our best athletes and, and our amateur athletes excel in a level um, that very few can achieve. And to be a part of something that happens once every four years and – especially this year because we missed that opportunity last year because of the pandemic It's actually now has been five years since we've had this opportunity to be, to have the Olympics and they are introducing new four new sports to the Olympics. It's baseball and softball as one karate, snowboarding, skateboarding. And we just thought that skateboarding would be right up our alley. Dr. Garcia, what's your experience, um, or, or just you know, let's talk about it from uh, from a fan, from from someone that does a lot of activities. You know, what's your experience maybe growing up with skateboarding or just in that community itself? Well, you know, I, I grew up in the Seattle area, as I mentioned before, and uh, you know, we have skateboard parks all over the place, so I definitely got to see those things. I, I didn't go after those uh, activities. Um, I think my mom and dad were kind of helpful in having me avoid those things and not get hurt. Um, and, uh, my balance is good, but not that good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got seen, and I see a ton of those at work cause you know, in the Seattle area, North Seattle area, there's a lot of skateboarders. People get around on skateboards, you know, always trying to avoid cars and going in the passenger lanes with these things. So I see a number of injuries. So this will be a good topic. You know, my first experience with skateboarding, um, I was a young lad uh, many moons ago, and I was afraid to stand on this skateboard. And now the skateboards are very different, so I'm not going to age myself and say when this was happening. But the skateboards were really... um, they weren't great, to say the least, they, and especially the cheap ones. You know, they were really skinny. They were small. It was really hard to balance yourself. So my idea of riding a skateboard was sitting on the skateboard and finding a hill and just going down. Now, stopping and crashing into cars and things like that, that was all part of it, but at least I was able to use my feet. So anyway, very different than the way skateboarding is now, where it's such a popular sport. There's so many things uh, involved with the with with this type of sport between the sponsors, the television, X Games, everything that's going on with it is a very popular sport. And the Olympic Committee is really smart because they are trying to find a different audience. And that's what happened in the '90s with X Games, right? The X Games, we know it as X Games. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, it the first time that we saw X Games was in 1995 and it was actually called Extreme Games and then, you know, they narrowed it down to, or, you know, abbreviated to uh, X Games. So this is a great uh, topic. What's your experience as far as um, generalization, the type of injuries that you may see come through your office when it comes to uh, skateboarding injuries? So, yes, I mean, I I have a bias towards the sports injuries because I tend to see more of those since I do sports uh, surgeries, but, uh, in general, you know, top five injuries with this type of, this type of sport, you got broken wrists, 
So most of my hand partners see those. Uh, that's one of the number one things. So we'll try to land on their wrist to save their rest, their head. Uh, ankle injuries, so ankle fractures. I definitely had a few people that have broken their ankles and have had to fix those because of um, bad injuries on the skateboard. Uh, then you get, you know, facial injuries, which you don't see as much, but usually they come in, you've seen the skateboard injury, they got a facial injury, and then they also have some other part of their knee. Um, the long bones you may talk about later, uh, and I, I see a fair number of ACLs, surprisingly, from skateboarding. I've had a few of those recently, and then hopefully we don't see too many of these, but uh, head injuries are, a, uh, are an issue. And I, I like to say that hopefully people are wearing helmets, but, you know, not everybody does, uh, and unfortunately those things happen, so... Yeah, I, I, listen, I don't want to sound mean, right? But we've all seen the videos, right? Whether it's ridiculousness or something on YouTube where you've got somebody flying off a skateboard, crashing into something, and we're dying laughing. But the reality is that that person has now sustained himself a pretty serious injury, especially when you, you see those face plants, you know, and all of a sudden their body's in these weird positions, you know, where, you know, they're called scorpion, right? Where your feet come over your, your head or, and you're all twisted up. And so these skateboarding injuries are quite, quite serious. What is something that, um, from what you've seen, as far as the level of seriousness that, that's really most concerning with you and that you want to kind of tell our audience today to really watch out for? Well, I think the biggest thing to watch out for is the new skateboarders. I mean, you get some really bad injuries from some of these guys at the X Games. You know, they're going 30, 40 feet in the air on these big half pipes and those things, but that's not that common. You know, those, those guys are pros. They have docs there seeing those people, but the people on the street, you know, doing pipes and ollies and doing smaller things and never done it before. Those are the ones that get really hurt. Uh, and you know, the ankle fractures are bad. You know, that's a big deal. You know, someone goes, jumps off and breaks their ankle. You know, that's almost always surgery needed, you know, real recovery. And if they're lucky, they get a, you know, a minor injury that just requires a quick surgery and a very fast recovery. But some of them are really bad injuries. Um, I think the number one one I want to always tell patients uh, is just to wear your helmet. I mean, the head injuries are irreversible. Uh, and so if we can encourage anybody today, you know, I'm not going to stop skateboarders. I think it's a fun sport to watch. I understand people like it. You know, I'm a big wakeboarder. So that obviously that the idea of being sort of gliding along something is important. Um, but the head injuries are preventable and for the most part. And so if we can get more people to wear helmets, and then the other stuff kind of follows along, then I think it'll be a good day. I'm going to piggyback on that. Uh, the certification uh, that you want to look for in a helmet is the ASTM, American Society for Testing and Materials. Um, usually the helmets will have some kind of certification, either sticker or something on your helmet that's going to say that your helmet meets standards. And I think that's something important for us to discuss is make sure that your equipment meets the standards for whatever you're going to do because you might be wearing a helmet and you decided maybe to go a little bit cheaper on the helmet saying, hey, it's a helmet, it'll protect. But if you have a really bad crash or something really happens bad or you know somebody crashes into you, you want to make sure when it comes to your equipment that it is the highest standard that you possibly can have. Agreed. 
you know, and it's really interesting. You know, you mentioned about a lot of these injuries are first to- uh, first time borders, right? And you know, some of the stats yeah. say that a third of the injuries occur in you know people just learning the sport, like anything, right? You learn how to ride a bike or ski or you know snowboard or you know wakeboard. You know, I tried wakeboarding one time. Um, I fell forward, and then I was dumb enough to not let go because I was like, I'm not letting oh, go, and I'm just getting dragged all over the place. I felt my shoulders were finally going to pop off and I finally let go. So, but these are things that when you don't know what you're doing and you know, you got friends saying, Hey, I've got a wakeboard there. We haven't used it in 20 years. I don't know how to ride it, but if you want to get on, go ahead and you start having these type of injuries. So, you know, what are some of the concerns with these first time boarders when they just decide to pick up, you know, a skateboard and do something? Well, first off, I mean, like with any sport, you know, and, and skateboarding is a high moving sport for the most part. And you need a high level of sort of skill, anticipation. You need a lot of guts. You know, you're doing tricks. Every skateboarder has hundreds of injuries. You know, these really good guys, you talked about like ruptured spleen and, you know, weird, crazy things. So like to get to that level, you need to try, try more things. You need to be more daring. And so those are the things that are concerning when you're young and you don't really know what you're doing. Um, and you're always encouraged if you're with people that are better skateboarders, that's another problem, right? Cause you're going to try skill tricks that are outside your skill level. So I think when you're starting, understand that, you know, everything's gradual. It's just like our discussions previously about people going back to working out, everything's gradual. And, and when you're young, you want to get back to the top. You want to go back to doing something crazy right away. Cause you think you can do it cause you're young and invincible, mm. but every single, every single skateboarder, every athlete, you know, they all start off the start off at one level and they work their way up. Some are faster than others, but you know, no, Tony Hawk didn't start just doing, you know, 1080s on the half pipe from his first day, right? It's a gradual progression, obviously some guts, obviously some luck, a lot of skill, but you just can't start off your first day and be doing everything. You got to understand that. And don't go. And if you're with a bunch of people that are really good, just be, you know, you may have to figure another way to, to skateboard with your buddies or try a place that's got different levels of skateboarding. A- AKA don't be like, well, keep your ego in check. All right. So let's keep our ego yeah, in check. So say, but... <laughs> keep your ego in check, even though you're out there and you, you know, you know, you, you may want to impress somebody, but, um, it's it's doing things that match your skill level, right? And I think that's the point that you're making. You know, understand what your skill level is and stay within that as you continue to grow and get better. You know, if you're new on it, you're not, you know, like you said, you're not doing a, you know, a 900, uh, you know, trying to match what Tony Hawk did because you saw it on a YouTube video. Let's go back to uh, ankle and, uh, and feet, right? I mean, I, I could imagine... Um, those falls, right? And you trying to put your, your, your foot down or anything like that. You know, what are some of the things that you're seeing from, you know, ankle and foot injuries uh, when it comes to borders? I mean, they can get some, some rotational injuries of the toes and the feet, you know, like a Liz Frank injury, which some of the football players you guys have seen have had those. Uh, I mean, number one is bad ankle sprains or ankle fractures. I mean, you're, that's a, that's a coming out of fast speed, falling, hitting the ground, and then twisting. Because generally they're doing something crazy, mm. and then they have like a, a complete slip. I mean, these are high trauma injuries, right? I mean, they, and most of the time the skateboard, you know, we see a lot of ankle injuries, a lot of broken ankles in the winter because people slip and fall. But basically people who are skateboarding do that all the time, but on much harder surfaces, right? You know, sometimes they're airborne. They're, they're doing, you know, the glide on the pole where they put two feet up there and they slip. You know, they're doing jumps and ramps, and they're laying. There's no such thing as soft skateboarding. 
Um, when it comes to plantar fasciitis and uh, was it neuroma? Um, when it comes to these injuries, can you can you tell us what the difference is, or or, or you know what the, the seriousness of those injuries are? The good news is most of those injuries are not that bad. I mean, I've seen some plantar ruptures, so where the actual the plantar fascia that's what holds your arch in in your in your foot, and then that when you get fasciitis, that means that the connection right at your heel bone gets inflamed, and that generally you can treat with you know, stretching, exercise. When they rupture, you got to be in a boot, and generally no surgery, which is good. Uh, the neuromas, those are more nagging. They tend to be less common in younger patients. Um, and those we usually try, you know, heel pads or something else, uh, from that standpoint. Again, I don't treat most of those. Those are my foot and ankle partner. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, you know, injections they try first, uh, and then, you know, eventually have to get removed if they're really painful and bothersome. But for the most part, you know, we can, the nice thing is we can tell the difference between them, the two, and they're just, unfortunately, both of them are nagging injuries and you just got to be patient on them. And that's the hard thing for people. You mentioned perfectly the the fact of these injuries usually come with a twisting, and you mentioned earlier in our show about the ACL injuries. Are you seeing that level of injuries because of the twisting maybe that's happening in the knee, or is there other injuries that are happening that's affecting the ACL when it comes to skateboarding injuries? I mean, generally, I just see the ACL. I mean, they can have twisting injuries where they injure their meniscus or other collateral ligaments. Generally, they're not bad usually multi-ligamentous injuries like you see in some of these really bad sports uh, or really bad ski injuries or things like that, just because they're not planted on the board. And so usually in order for you to get that such a bad injury that it's multiple ligaments, generally you need to have your foot planted and then twist. And that's a lot different animal when you fall skateboarding, right? Cause you're just, you just have shoes on or sneakers or something uh, yeah. and you're falling. Now the like hoverboards, or the other boards that are electric that have grips in them, those are all another animal. Oh, it, please exp- explain that then. What, what do you mean by other animal? And, and that's something that, that we're seeing now, whether the hoverboards or I, I, I apologize for the community out there that might be listening that knows um, you know, what the equipment is, but it's the one with the big round ball and it's kind of like a skateboard and you could take yeah. it off-roading, you could do all these different things. Um, what, what are some of the injuries that you're seeing with, with that type of equipment? Well, newbies thankfully don't have too many injuries because they can, their balance isn't great. And so they can go, they go too far forward or too far backwards and they fall backwards. It's more of like the middle grade. Like I bet I can balance now. I feel good about this and I'm going to fly. Right. Because I can go as fast as I want up. The issue is when they try to go downhill, because if there were previously skateboarders, there's only a certain speed they can obtain. But with these hoverboard things, they're going, they can double their speed. You know, as you're going downhill with gravity, plus you have that extra electric motor, that's pretty, that's some pretty bad stuff. So those tend to be, they're not as much of the ACL twisting. Cause again, they, these are designed with balances and sort of mechanisms that allow them to balance like a Segway. But at the same point, they, they're, they're injuring themselves at a higher speed. And that is a problem. And you're seeing those type of injuries, uh, you know, uh, just elevated compared to uh, someone going down the same hill on a skateboard. You know, you're seeing the differences well, I, there. I tend to see them at, I tend to see them not at a more um, proficient rate, but when they fall, it's like, oh, I fell skateboarding. I was going like 15 miles an hour. And now it's like, I fell skateboarding. I fell hoverboarding going 30. Oh my God. And that's a different animal. Yeah. And again, thankfully I don't see too many of those. Again, if I, if it was as bad as it was, I'd be seeing these all the time. And you know, it's not that common. So most of the time, and again, most of the people who skateboard are pretty tough and they hurt themselves 
the only time I see them usually is when they actually need to probably need a surgery because that's usually a really bad injury, right? These guys bumps and bruises, scrapes, partial breaks, partial tears. They'll just keep skateboarding. Yeah, it's only when they really can't skateboard that they'll come in. Because, it, like you said, they have a they have a tolerance to it, and it's kind of expected with the sport at this point. Um, yeah. You know, I go back to my rollerblading days. Um, you know, you get the equipment, you get the helmet, you know, there's a package, right? You get the you get the knee pads, the elbow pads, you get the wrist guards, and I just look really goofy, right? And you, you're trying to be cool. I'm in New York. I'm going down to Central Park. You know, I'm trying to style. I got my nice, you know, gear. Everything's matching. I'm like, I'm just going to look cool, right? I'm in my 20s, Central Park. I want to look good for everyone, right? And I'm like, I really don't want to wear these wrist guards, but you know what? Let me just kind of put them on. Sure enough, I'm going flying, and then I come off this sidewalk onto the street thinking that, like, normal. And as soon as I do that, my feet go out from underneath me, and the first thing I do is throw my hands back and land on my hands and wrist, and they hurt. And I'm just thinking to myself, if I was not wearing this wrist guard right now, what kind of pain or what be, would be my situation um, right then and there? So the long way to get to it, how important is it for you to take care of your hands and wrists when you're doing these sports, even though you may not think that you look cool enough? I mean, it's pretty important. I mean, those wrist braces really prevent fractures and bad ligament injuries. I mean, you can have something called the TFCC tear. So you can tear part of the wrist that's like a sports injury. It's kind of like a little meniscus of the wrist. Um, and those can be quite uncomfortable. Um, you can have finger dislocations. Uh, so it's it's good for you to have those wrist guards. And really, if you have them on, you tend to want to use those as your brace. So that's really good, too. So it tends to avoid hitting your elbow or hitting your shoulder or something else. And you mentioned the shoulder, right? So I would think that any kind of fall that you're putting your hand out there, you, you can affect your shoulder, especially if you're going at a high speed. Maybe you put your hand down and... You know, you kind of get caught yeah. or, or something like that. So so what are some of the shoulder injuries that are concerning to you or that you've seen kind of come across where you're saying, well, you know, that's a that that's a bad shoulder injury and it's clear that this was a skateboard injury? So usually, thankfully, it's not a lot of major ones. I mean, breaks are a little less common because, remember, usually you're putting your arm down or elbow and then working your way up to the shoulder. So by the time your shoulder hits, it's pretty low impact. But what you get a lot of are shoulder dislocations. And so these are young, active, you know, a lot of them sort of have like, you know, a little bit more gangly limbs or they're a little bit more uh, mm. lax or they look more loosey-goosey, we call them. And they tend to have higher risks of dislocating their joints. And so these skateboarders um, who are more limber, you know, they're falling and they hit their arm at wrist. They're like, my wrist feels great, but my shoulder's killing me. Mm. And even though they never hit their shoulder, that force transmits up to the final point. You know, and most of the final point, if, it's, if the shoulder dislocates, then that's where the energy dissipates. And what happens with a shoulder dislocation? What are we looking at time-wise, or, or, or what's the, what's kind of the scenario with dislocation? Because when I think of dislocation, you know, a lot of different ideas kind of run through my head. So, what does a shoulder dislocation, um, you know, require? So it kind of depends on the person. You know, if it's that person mm. that's really loosey, kind of like hyperligamentous, a lot of times they've had dislocations before, so they pop their shoulder back in. You know, like kind of like the uh, old school movies with Mel Gibson. Uh, but <laughs> lethal over, weapon. That doesn't, that's not yeah exactly. And then, but you know, sometimes it gets stuck out, and they got to go to the hospital and get it put back in. Ouch. And those are concerning. The ones I need to see. You know, I mean, most shoulders locations to see an orthopedic surgeon, and if it's more than one, you should definitely see one because 
those usually require some type of intervention because uh, you want to prevent, because once you really rip that capsule interior labrum, and I don't want to go into too many graphic details, you know, that shoulder will come out more easily and more easily, and then that's when you need something done. So, you know, we really try to emphasize, you know, dislocations are not good for the body. Your body's not supposed to dislocate, and if it keeps doing it, that's a big problem that causes that your sheer cartilage is not like that. So. so I know you're not a skateboarder. But if you if somebody had to fall, I mean, I'm scared to put my hand out, my wrist out, roll over. I mean, is there any way that, you know, something that's, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm asking you an impossible question here, right? Because obviously it depends on the scenario. But, you know, if you, yeah. what, what's the best advice that you can give to, to anyone maybe just trying to go out there and have some fun skateboarding? If you've done it before and you enjoy it, you know, go out there and wear your helmet. And if you're going to fall, you know, Fall on your wrists with wrist guards on. If you don't have wrist guards on, you know, try to fall and roll. That's always hard to say because usually when you fall, you're not anticipating it. Um, but just don't get your head hit, uh, you know, and, and try to avoid really twisting your ankles and stuff like that. But really you want to use, uh, use your sort of smarts when you're doing things. And if you're going to be like, okay, I can do this trick, then you do it. And then work your way up. You know, try that trick a few times before you go to the next level. You mentioned the beginning of the show, uh, long bone frac- uh, fractures. What is that? Well, we all saw one this weekend or last weekend with McGregor. That's a long bone fracture. Oh. It's uh, where you basically, it's not good. Um, and again, usually it's not like the long bones. There's a, a few of them, but the big ones are the femur and the tibia. Those are the, usually the one we're talking about. I mean, yeah. you can break your humerus, your shoulder and stuff, but what we normally see in all the, nasty ones are the, the ones like Alex Smith had where you have the tibia and the fibula are broken. Those are the ones that make the news and those are the ones all the athletes get. And those are generally the ones that we see with skateboarders too. With the skateboarders, it's not as much that they land on the leg like at a high speed. It's when they go to elevate and they land and it's like a fulcrum, right? Bones work really well in compression. They don't work well in twisting or when they're, they're stressed sideways. So they land and I don't want to gross everybody out, but they land like in the middle of it on the bone. And then it's like basically the weight's going one direction and something goes the other. And that's how it snaps off. If you're listening to the show, you should be prepared to get grossed out. This is what we do. We, we give you the facts, right? We're not making things up. We're just giving you the facts, right? This is what happens. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So yeah, if, it's pretty nasty. And, um, you know, you were making a reference to the Conor McGregor fight um, where I, I, I'm going to assume that he broke it beforehand and when he stepped back his leg did something that is not pretty and uh <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll leave the graphic part yeah. out of it yeah he had that bro- that wasn't broken by a step not with a guy like that that was broken already or near broken and then the final straw was the fracture so i mean it's horrible but he had some good people fix him. I actually know the guy that fixed him, so he's. Uh, I think he was in good hands. So. Oh, great! This is going to be a great segue for another show. So I, I want to get our our <laughs> listeners excited. I want to do a show on these mixed martial art injuries and the uptick that we're starting to see from these athletes. So this is a tease for another day. We're definitely going to do something, Perfect. and we might even maybe get a guest on to join us too. So keep in mind, our show is always going to keep expanding, and we're going to keep doing some other things in the future so we want all our listeners to know that we're going to keep elevating uh our game so you can enjoy um our shows um as we wrap it up um 
gear, right? This is the most important thing that we could do for the sport or any sport. You got to wear the proper gear. There's a reason why they tell you to wear the gear. It's not so, you know, you can listen to me complain about that. I'm not, I'm not looking cool enough, but it's really to protect ourselves while we're having a good time. Precisely. And I mean, I think the biggest thing for the gear, like we said before, is the approved helmet, well-fitted, you know, don't have a baggie on your head. You know, a, a poorly fitted helmet is no use. You might as well not wear one because when you go, and I, I have, I know somebody that fell off something and the helmet came off as they were midair. So if it's not well fitted, wow. it's not, it's not appropriate. Uh, and then you want to have really good slip resistant shoes. You know, the skate shoes are all made like that and closed toed. So you don't get any big uh, cuts or bumps or bruises. And again, when you're wearing a big shoe, it's hard to get a bad twisting injury from that, at least on the foot. So you just protect yourself. And if you feel comfortable, if you want to use I think definitely the elbow pads are necessary. I think knee pads are fine. You don't want to overdo it. Some people think it's too much uh, and you lose your sort of proprioception. But I think that the elbow, the wrist guards are probably your best bet. But again, you're talking orthopedic surgeon, so I don't want to fall on my hands. Yes. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that, that's your bread and butter. That that is your bread and butter, and not only that, that's those are the hands that take care of the rest of us and injure ourselves. So uh, yeah, we we don't want you to go and do any of that stuff. Uh, just a, a quick little note here. Um, you know, the, all of this started in 1950s. Uh, they, they were called the asphalt surfers because, uh, you know, in California, Hawaii, they were looking to do, you know, their surfing, but on asphalt because obviously these two places are known for their surfing. Um, and it just kind of kept expanding from there, you know, with, from the 70s. Americans bringing it out there. They did the first skate park in Germany. Um, the first Ollie was done in 1978 by Alan Gelfand. The 80s went, that's when everything started with the, the VHS skateboard videos and the, the magazines like uh, Thrasher and skateboarding magazines. And obviously we mentioned at the beginning of the show, the debut of the X Games in 1995. And now we're here at 2021 and skateboarding is a part of the Olympics. That to me is absolutely incredible uh seeing where the evolution of skateboarding um has come from and just just people not enjoying it and just thinking you're a menace right I, you know how many people get chased away you know you see the skateboards getting chased away uh you know chased away from um you know staircases and you know a bunch of other places but now there's a home for it with the olympics so um your last thoughts on uh skateboarding show as we wrap it up dr garcia uh, final thoughts are just be safe, have fun out there, you know, just protect yourself, you know, and, uh, again, you know, we, we hope don't, we don't have to see you for skateboard injuries, but we're there if you need it. And, uh, it's always great being on the show and thanks for having me. Thank you, Dr. Garcia. Listen, get your gear, make sure once again is AS. TM American Society for Testing and Materials, uh, also Consumer Product Safety Commission. So if you see a CPSC, that'll be another indication that th your equipment is certified. So if you're going to go out there, you're going to have a great time, you're going to play, at least make sure your equipment is up to par. Dr. Grant Garcia, our orthopedic surgeon and sports medicine specialist. He's at GrantGarciaMD.com. Check out our, our shows. It's on the website. It's also at NYC Radio, OrthopedicSpecialistOfSeattle.com. Dr. Garcia, thank you for your time. And we're really excited about the Olympics uh, this summer. And we'll do some uh, other shows revolving around that. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.